listener. Welcome back to Storybooks, a children's bedtime story podcast that celebrates a good night's rest and the magic of stories. Tonight's story is The Little Mermaid Part 2 by Hans Christian Andersen and will be read to you by me, your storyteller, Jenna L. Campbell. In the second half of this tale, the Little Mermaid ventures to the surface of the sea. Not only is she fascinated with the human world, but she is curious about the faraway lands beyond the water. This original retelling is all about following the adventure in your heart. So fluff your pillows, close your eyes, and take a deep breath. Tonight's story goes something like this. The Little Mermaid, Part 2 The sun had just set when she raised her head above the waves. The clouds were tinted with red and gold, and through the glimmering twilight beamed the evening star. The sea was calm, and the air was mild and fresh. A large ship floated nearby, and only one sail was set, for not a breeze stirred. The sailors sat on the deck, and there was music playing on board. And as the night darkened, a hundred colorful lanterns were lighted. The little mermaid swam close to the ship's windows, and now and then, as the waves lifted her up, she could look through the glass and see a number of finely dressed people. Among them, and the most beautiful of all, was a young prince with large black eyes. He was sixteen years old, and his birthday was being celebrated. The sailors were dancing on deck, and when the prince came out of the cabin, more than a hundred rockets rose in the air, making it as bright as day. The little mermaid was so startled She dived under the water, and when she again stretched out her head, it looked as if the stars were falling all around her. She had never seen fireworks before, and everything was reflected in the clear, calm sea. The ship itself was so brightly illuminated that all the people, and even the smallest rope, could be clearly seen. How kind the young prince looked, thought the little mermaid as he shook the hands of all his guests and smiled at them, while the music played through the clear night air. It was very late, yet she could not take her eyes from the ship or from the beautiful prince. The lanterns had been extinguished, and no more rockets rose in the air. But the sea became restless, and a moaning, grumbling sound could be heard beneath the waves. Still, the little mermaid remained by the window, rocking up and down on the water, so that she could look inside. After a while, the sails were quickly set, and the ship went on its way. But soon the waves rose higher, heavy clouds darkened the sky, and lightning appeared in the distance. A dreadful storm was approaching. Once more, the great ship pursued its course over the raging sea. The waves rose mountain high, as if they would topple the sails but the ship dived like a swan between them. To the little mermaid, this was a fun sport, but not to the sailors. The ship groaned and creaked, and as the waves broke over the deck, 
the mainmast snapped like a reed, and as the ship lay on its side, the water rushed in. The little mermaid realized the crew was in danger. Even she was to be careful, to avoid the beams and planks of the shipwreck scattered all over the water. At one moment, it would be pitch black, so she could not see anything, but when a flash of lightning came, it revealed the whole scene. She could see everyone who had been on board, except the prince. When the ship capsized, she had seen him sink into the deep waves, and she was glad, for she thought he would now be with her. Then she remembered that human beings can't live in the water. Determined to save him, she dove under the dark waters, rising and falling with the waves, and at last managed to reach the young prince, who was fast losing his strength to swim. His limbs were failing him, his beautiful eyes were closed, and he would have sunk below had not the little mermaid come to his rescue. She held his head above the water and let the waves carry them. In the morning, the storm had stopped. The sun came up red and shining, and its beams brought back the rosiness to the prince's cheeks. But his eyes remained closed. The mermaid stroked back his wet hair. He reminded her of the marble statue in her little garden, and she wished that he might live. When they came in sight of land, she saw tall blue mountains covered with white snow. Beautiful green forests were near the shore, and nearby stood a large building where orange and lemon trees grew in the garden. She swam with the prince to the beach, which was covered with fine white sand, and there she laid him in the warm sunshine. The bell sounded in the large white building, and some young girls came into the garden. The little mermaid swam from the shore and hid behind the rocks, watching what would become of the poor prince. It wasn't long before the little mermaid saw a young girl approach the prince. She seemed frightened, but only for a moment. Then she brought a number of people, and the mermaid saw that the prince came to life again and smiled at those who stood around him. But to the little mermaid, he sent no smile. He didn't know that she had saved him. This made her very sad, and when he was led away into the building, she dived down and returned to her father's castle. She had always been quiet and thoughtful, and now she was even more than ever. Her sisters asked her what she had seen, but she told them nothing. For many days did she rise to the place where she had left the prince. She saw the fruits in the garden ripen. She watched the snow on the mountaintops melt away, wondering what lands lay beyond in the big, wide world. All she could do was imagine, and she never did see the prince, and always returned home more miserable than before. Her only comfort was to sit in her little garden with the marble statue. She stopped tending her flowers, and they grew wild, so that the whole place became dark and gloomy. When she could bear it no longer, she told one of her sisters all about it. Then the others heard the secret, and soon it became known to all the princesses. One sister had a close friend who happened to know about the prince and about the lands. The friend also knew where the prince came from and where his palace stood. Come, little sister said the other princesses. Then they hooked their arms and together swam to the surface, where they could see the prince's palace. It was bright yellow, 
and made of shining stones. It had many long flights of stairs made of marble, one of which reached down to the sea. Through the clear crystal windows, they saw fancy rooms with expensive silk curtains and walls covered with beautiful paintings. After the little mermaid knew where the prince lived, she spent many evenings on the water near the palace. She would swim close to the shore, and once she went beneath the marble balcony, watching the young prince who thought himself alone in the moonlight. She often saw him sailing in a beautiful boat on which music played. She peeped out among the rocks and wondered what it would be like to sail a ship across the seas. Many nights, when the fishermen and women set out their nets by the light of their torches, the little mermaid heard them tell stories about the world and say many good things about the prince. This filled her with wonder and made her happy. More and more she grew to like human beings and wished more and more to be able to wander about with them in a world that seemed much larger than her own. They could fly over the sea in ships and climb mountains far above the clouds, and their woods and their fields stretched far beyond what she could see. There was so much that she wished to know, but her sisters were unable to answer all their questions. She then went to her grandmother, who knew all about the upper world, which she called the lands above the sea. Can human beings live forever? asked the little mermaid. Nobody lives forever, replied the grandmother. While us mermaids can sometimes live for 300 years, after, we become only foam on the surface of the ocean. Human beings, on the contrary, have souls which live forever. They rise through the clear air and beyond the glittering stars. The little mermaid told her grandmother how she would give anything to be a human being and experience the wonderful world and have a soul. You mustn't think that, said the grandmother. Mermaids are much happier and better off than human beings. Why? asked the little mermaid. I want to forever hear the music and climb the mountains and discover lands beyond the waves. Is there anything I can do? No said the grandmother. Unless a human should love you so much that a part of their soul would glide into your body. But this can never happen. Your fish's tail, which us mermaids find so beautiful, is thought to be ugly on earth. They don't know any better. And they think it's better to have two short bony things, which they call legs. The little mermaid sighed and looked sadly at her tail. Let us be happy, said the old lady. This evening, we're going to have a ball. It was one of those splendid sights which we can never see on earth. The walls of the large ballroom were covered in hundreds of dazzling shells, and hundreds of fish, large and small, swam past. On some of them, their scales glowed a glittering purple, and others shone like silver and gold. Through the halls flowed a tide and in it danced the people to the music of their own singing. No one on earth had such lovely voices as them, but the little mermaid sang more sweetly than anyone. The whole court applauded her, and for a moment, her heart felt full. 
but soon she remembered the world above and the land she would never be able to discover. Quietly, she crept out of her father's palace and sat in her own little garden, sad and alone. Then she heard the trumpeting sound of the conch shell through the water and thought, the prince is most likely sailing above, and she felt a pang of jealousy. Maybe I will go to the sea witch for advice. Maybe she can help me, the little mermaid thought, even though she had been afraid of the sea witch all her life. Then she took the road to the foaming whirlpools, behind which the sorceress lived. The little mermaid had never been that way before. Neither flowers nor grass grew there. Nothing but bare, gray, sandy ground lay among the whirlpools, where the water seized everything that came within its reach. Her heart pounded as she swam past and came before the dark and dangerous seaweed forest where the sea witch lived. The little mermaid was about to turn back when she remembered the lands above the sea and the prince and the human soul for which she longed for, and her courage returned. Bravely, she swam into the forest, passing water snakes, until she reached a clearing. In the middle stood a house built from a shipwreck. There sat the sea witch. She called her water snakes her little chickens, and they swam and swirled around her. I know what you want, said the sea witch. It's very stupid of you, but you shall have your way. Though it will bring you sadness, my princess. You want to get rid of your tail and have legs instead, so that the prince may fall in love with you, and so that you may have an immortal soul and discover the world. And then the witch laughed so loudly that the snakes wriggled away. I will prepare a potion for you, said the witch, which you must bring to land tomorrow before sunrise. Seat yourself there and drink it. Your tail will then disappear and shrink into what humans call legs. You will feel great pain, but all who see you will think you are like any other human. But from then on, every step you take will feel painful, as though you were walking on sharp knives. If you agree to bear all this, I'll help you. Yes, said the little mermaid in a trembling voice, as she thought of the great wide world. Be warned, said the witch, for once your tail disappears, you can no longer be a mermaid. You will never return through the water to your sisters or to your father's palace ever again. The little mermaid was filled with sadness, but she could not ignore the adventure in her heart. I will do it, said the little mermaid bravely. But I must be paid said the witch, and it's not a trifle that I ask. You have the sweetest voice of any who live at the bottom of the sea, but this voice you must give to me. But if you take away my voice, said the little mermaid, what's left for me? Your strong legs that will take you across faraway lands. Well, have you lost your courage? No, said the little mermaid. Then the witch placed her cauldron on the fire to prepare the magic potion. Every moment, the witch threw in a new ingredient, and when it began to boil, it sounded like a weeping crocodile. When at last the potion was ready, it looked like the clearest water. Here you are, said the witch. 
Then she cast a spell, taking away the mermaid's voice, so that she would never speak or sing again. With her magic potion in hand, which shone like a twinkling star, the little mermaid swam through the forest to the quiet palace where everyone inside was asleep. But she didn't go in, even though the thought of leaving made her heart want to break. She swam to her sister's gardens, took a flower from each, and blew a thousand kisses towards the palace. Then she rose through the dark blue waters. The sun had not risen where she came before the prince's palace and approached the marble steps, but the moon shone clear and bright. Then the little mermaid drank the magic potion, and it felt as if a sword went through her body before she fainted. When the sun rose and shone over the sea, she recovered and felt sharp pain, but before her stood the kind young prince. He fixed his coal-black eyes upon her so earnestly that she looked down, realizing her tail was gone and that she had a pair of walking legs and two feet to discover the world. The prince asked her who she was and where she came from. She looked at him sadly with her deep blue eyes, but could not speak. He took her by the hand and led her to the palace, and from up here, she could see farther than she had ever seen, glimpsing the faraway lands beyond the sea. And that's the end of the story. Thank you for listening, and I wish you the sweetest dreams and a good night.